Thank you, Larry. I'm not sure how many years we've done this now, where we've marked the International Day of Prayer for the Persecuted Church, but we've done it for several years. It's usually the first or second Sunday in November. But even before that, as a church, we have been sensitized to the reality of the persecuted church, not in small part because of the trips that Gordon and Jim began to take in the late 80s and early 90s to the former Soviet Union, which at that point was one of the worst persecuted places in the world. And so we began to become truly sensitized to this, and then we had missionaries who were going to go, who, who went to uh, various nations that were persecuted church nations. Um, last week, you know, Jim, in his sermon last week, talked about the reality of uh, a coming persecution for believers here in America. And uh, I, I don't mean to diminish that in any way. It's a very real thing, and it's likely to become more prevalent. But I also don't want to diminish the kind of persecution that the, our brothers and sisters in Christ around the world are facing. What we're facing here, probably the worst-case scenario is maybe uh, having your business be threatened, uh, maybe people call you a hater, and I mean, that's persecution. But in these places we're going to highlight this morning, people can't practice their faith openly. Their lives are at risk literally, and some of them are actually killed. Um, the purpose of this morning's service is to sensitize us to the reality that persecution is a genuine and daily reality for millions of our brothers and sisters in Christ around the world. It's also to provide information for you, including resources to learn more. We always have these resources here. There's other resources available uh, we have a history, actually, with Open Doors and Voice of the Martyrs, two of the organizations that actually uh, work with the persecuted church very extensively. And some of the things that we're going to see this morning are from materials that they've produced. And then, of course, the other reason we're here this morning is to pray. But not just to pray today, but hopefully to highlight the idea that this, is, this should become a regular part of our prayer life. You have a bulletin insert this morning. If you didn't get one, please pick one up on the way out. And it says, I commit to pray. And I hope we can accomplish that this morning, that we can get many of us to commit to pray. And on the back of that is seven days of prayer for the persecuted church, things to direct you to pray for the persecuted church. So according to the International Society for Human Rights, a secular observatory that's based in Frankfurt, Germany, 80% of all acts of religious discrimination in the world today are directed at Christians. Statistically speaking, that makes Christians by far the most persecuted religious body on the planet. According to the Pew Forum, between 2006 and 2010, Christians faced some form of discrimination in a staggering total of 139 nations, which is almost three-quarters of all the countries on earth. According for the, to the Center for the Study of Global Christianity at Gordon-Conwell Theological Seminary in Massachusetts, an average of 100,000 Christians have been killed in what the center calls a situation of witness each year for the past decade. Now wrap your minds around that number for a minute. 100,000 believers have been killed each year for the past decade. That works out to 11 Christians killed somewhere in the world every hour, seven days a week. So think about that. While we're here for the next less than an hour, there'll be about 11 believers who die because they are Christians. Bringing this a little bit closer to home, TCFers have been and are involved in about 20 of the 50 nations that are on the world watch list. And because we're recording this this morning and we're putting it online, 
I'm not going to read the names. I want you just to look and see where we have uh, Christians who are, are TCFers who are in persecuted church nations. Um, it's the same reason we don't put their names online on the intercessory prayer list. But just take a note, and this is not all of them. This isn't a complete list. I'm just kind of hitting the highlights to hopefully make this a little more real to us. So this isn't just those people out there. This is some of our people who are working very closely with uh, believers in these persecuted church nations. So with that in mind, let me just give you a a brief overview of what we're going to do this morning. We have three videos that we're going to watch that will give us some information and, again, sensitize us to the reality of persecution. And uh, between those, we're going to have some features on the the screen that highlights the individual nations, uh, a handful of the individual nations on the world watch list. We can't cover them all. And then we're going to have three segments of prayer where we have individuals who are going to come and they're going to pray for some of those things. So as we go through these things, I just ask you to be prayerful even as we go through these things. And as you see the prayer points show up on the PowerPoint, begin to pray yourself and then uh, join in uh, and pray with the persons who are leading the prayer for us here this morning. So the first video tells us what the World Watch List is all about. check everything out, and it doesn't work. Okay. Hang on. Now, why was it working earlier and it's not working now? Let's try again here. Sorry, folks. Uh, Brian, maybe what we should do is you should just advance this. Remember, we did this as a backup. I'm not totally stupid here. We did this as a backup just in case we ran into a glitch like this. Uh, You'll go past, you'll go to the, uh, there we go. And just press play. Yes, there you go. Now. Every day of the week, in at least 60 countries, people are persecuted because of their belief in Jesus Christ. The question is, where are these people? How severe is their suffering? Who is persecuting them? Is their situation improving or declining? To answer these questions and others, Open Doors International has been gathering data for more than 50 years. The result today is the World Watch List. This has become the best known, most widely accepted, authoritative source of information about the persecuted church. 
The World Watch List is compiled through extensive research at a field level. The list represents measurements that include places believers are being smashed through violent means, as well as places the church is being squeezed out of existence. Through a complex scoring grid, the World Watch List takes into consideration which kind of Christians are being persecuted. It accounts for where this is occurring, as well as its level of intensity in any given country. These factors are then incorporated by viewing persecution within five spheres of daily life. Private life refers to a person's freedom of thought and conscience in their own space. In many of the countries on the list, persecutors interfere in the private life of the individual. In China, there is freedom to be a Christian at home, but those who outwardly demonstrate their faith can face punishment at the hands of the government. In North Korea, the state seeks to deprive the Christian of the right to follow Jesus in any way, public or private. The act of believing in Jesus is outlawed. Family life expresses the pressures Christians experience within the family sphere, where persecutors seek to stop the spread of faith by whatever means they can. Most often, it is seen where families will disown, threaten, physically abuse, or even kill a family member who becomes a Christian. In Islamic states, this attack is often condoned by local or national law. Community life refers to the pressure on Christians to freely live their faith in the community sphere. But in cases where believers are dispersed into a hostile neighborhood, they are more susceptible to persecution from locals, angry mobs, or even authority figures. Christians are at high risk, even within their own neighborhoods, in places like Pakistan or Colombia. National life tracks the extent to which Christians are free to participate in civil society and public life. In Iran, the primary persecution Christians experience often comes from the state and far less from the family or community. Church life measures the limits placed on Christians to gather together, even secretly, to express their faith as a group. Additionally, the World Watch List takes into account hotspots of physical violence against Christians, profiling the communities where the most violence occurs. Christians in Orissa, India, face far more violence than those living in New Delhi. The World Watch List. It's not simply a compilation of statistical data. It is a global expression of the realities of persecution faced by individuals who have decided to follow Jesus. It enables the world to watch. It enables believers to pray. When one Christian suffers, we are all impacted by it. Okay, so we'll, we'll run the rest of this, Brian, like we would a missions moment. We'll just try to, try to follow along with me as best you can here. So we're going to feature now some of the uh, nations on the world watch list. Uh, the top 20 nations, we're not going to feature all of them. You'll see the numbers related to it. And the first one is North Korea. It's been number one on the world watch list for several years now. And so as we pray for North Korea, we want to pray for real political and economic uh, leadership under the, or change under the leadership of uh, Kim Jong-un. Uh, spies have reportedly been sent to China to expose networks. Let's ask God to project, protect refugees and those helping them. Let's give thanks that Open Doors, one of the organizations that serves a persecuted church, is able to deliver emergency in that country. And uh, the next slide on North Korea notes that though it's illegal, it's estimated that there are 2% of North Koreans are Christians. 
That's an amazing thing when you consider that it's literally illegal to believe in Christ. The second nation on the world watch list is Saudi Arabia. As we pray for Saudi Arabia, let's ask God to protect Christians who boldly share their faith despite the risks. Let's pray for those isolated believers who face rejection and persecution from their families. Let's pray that God will continue to draw people to himself through satellite TV, radio, and supernatural dreams. We hear that a lot in Islamic nations. Saudi Arabia, conversion from Islam to Christianity is punishable by death. Imagine that for a moment. In Afghanistan, for peace and stability as international troops withdraw this year and next, that God would thwart the Taliban efforts to target non-governmental organizations and relief organizations, and the Christian radio and TV programs, again, will strengthen isolated believers and bring the gospel to this closed country. And we see that in Afghanistan, not a single official church remains in the nation of Afghanistan. For Iraq, for the many Christians displaced from their homes by threats of murder or abduction, let's ask God to raise up godly, wise leaders to shepherd the church. And again, for organizations like Open Doors, who have trauma counselors who work with children and families affected by persecution. And also about Iraq, in 2003, there were one million Christians in Iraq, and today there are less than 345,000 due to the violence against the church. I want to ask Jody McIndarfer to come now and pray through some of these prayer points. prison and he prayed this prayer and we pray this for ourselves and we pray this for our brothers and sisters Lord I pray that you will begin to understand the incredible greatness of his power for us who believe him this is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms now he is above any ruler or authority or power or leader or anything else in this world or in the world to come and God has put all things under the authority of the, excuse me, authority of Christ, and he gave him this authority for the benefit of the church, and the church is his body that is filled with Christ, who fills everything everywhere with his presence. So, Lord, we know that you are bigger than statistics. These are people, individual people who you care for, and we want to care for them, Lord Jesus. We cry out for our brothers and sisters in Korea, Lord Jesus, strengthen them. We pray that there would be great and wonderful, powerful changes in the hearts of the leadership. We pray that you would protect those who are able to flee as refugees. We pray, Lord, for the nations around them that they would have hearts to help. Almighty God, we cry out for this nation that is just suffered so greatly that you would break through with all the power that's in the heavenly realms. Bring change for your glory. Yes, Lord. Lord, we think of Saudi Arabia, where just to become a Christian is a sentence for death. We pray that you would strengthen the believers, that they would find fellowship. We pray, Lord, for these incredible uh, opportunities through the media, that the TV would um, encourage believers in the ways of God. We pray for the dreams and visions to continue. We pray that you would break through with the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. Yes. And Lord, in Afghanistan, 
Oh, Lord, when it seems as if the light has gone out, we pray that the light would pierce through the darkness. Oh, mighty God. Lord, the answer is not in the troops as they are pulled back. The answer is in Jesus Christ alone. And we continue to cry out that the light would come in these dark places. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Next, we want to feature Somalia. We hear a lot about Somalia in the news. Uh, we hear about Somali pirates that extend even beyond the borders of that land. I pray that al-Shabaab, which is backed by al-Qaeda, remains a serious threat. pray that its influence will diminish, that Christian radio programs will bring hope to isolated believers and those who are seeking God. And some of those who have returned to Somalia following the political changes have been exposed to Christianity. So as they come back, let's pray that this will bring more tolerance toward Christians. In Somalia, the largest known church has five members. For Iran, for this pastor Nader Khani and his family as he adjusts to life after prison. And we can just pick and choose a few names, and this hopefully makes it a little more personal for us. For Justin, justice for Christian prisoners and lawyers who try to defend them. For many disillusioned Iranian Muslims who are becoming curious about Christianity, let's pray that they'll find hope in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. A fact about Iran, more than 200 Christians were arrested in Iran in 2011. The nation of Yemen is ninth on the world watch list. Let's pray that isolated believers will find ways to meet together that vocational training programs supported by Open Doors and other organizations will help Yemeni believers to stand strong. Suicide bomb attacks killed over 100 in 2012. Let's pray for peace in this deeply divided country. Evangelism is literally against the law. It's prohibited in Yemen. I'd like to ask Tom Lotz to come and pray about a few of these prayer points for these nations. <clears throat> For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Lord, uh, we come to you and we just uh, cry out for change, Lord. We ask that uh, you would end the violence in the Middle East and... Um, that you would just just uh, sweep the Middle East, sweep these countries with your spirit and just bring revival, um, bring favor, um, and just bring a, a comfort to believers who have endured persecution for their faith. Lord, we, uh, we lift up Somalia to you. We just uh, just pray, Lord, that you would you would uh, encourage the believers there that that these these five lone members of this church would um, would just be filled with your with your comfort and your joy and your strength um, that they would that, that 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 your light would shine through them um, that people would see um, just the change in their life through you and that people would come to know you in a great way Lord in Somalia um, we just pray for I just want to pray for prosperity for that country, um, Lord, that people wouldn't need to look to violence and piracy and 
um, things to provide for their families. Lord, I ask that you would bring wealth and prosperity um, and other means, um, that you would open doors for the gospel to come in, open doors for aid organizations and other um, other aid to come in and, and bring your, your truth and your life, Lord. Um, just thank you for Somalia, Lord, and pray your will would be done in that country. Lord, we um, look to Iran and ask that you would bring justice um, and comfort um, and encouragement to the believers who have been imprisoned there. And um, we think of Pastor Nata Harkanai and his family. Lord, as he just uh, was released from prison, just pray that you would um, guide him and speak to him and um, speak to his family about what they are to do and um, help him to readjust to life outside of prison and also to be an encouragement to, to those around him. Um, pray that you just pray for your, your mighty hand of protection over his family and over other believers there in the country, Lord, that, um, that are imprisoned and, and, and also out of jail. Pray that um, you would really um, place mighty angels around them to protect them and, and uh, keep them safe. We just thank you, Lord, for Iran. Thank you that the, the church is growing and that uh, many people are coming to know you and coming to know your, uh, the life and the freedom that's found in you, Lord. Um, we just pray for uh, disillusioned Muslims, Lord, in, in Iran and, and, and throughout the Middle East, that you would continue to um, draw them near to you, that you would give them dreams and visions um, and break um, barriers and boundaries, Lord. And Lord, lastly, we, we just pray for Yemen, um, the country of Yemen. Thank you, Lord, that it's, uh, it, it, it was the first country in the Arabian Peninsula um, to uh, allow women to vote. I just, uh, that just sends a, a just a, a little hindrance of, uh, of encouragement, Lord, that, that people are open there and I just ask that um, you would bring a great revival to the state of Yemen, um, that uh, many people would come to know you, that, um, that as uh, evangelism is prohibited, Lord, I pray that um, your truth and your life would, would just uh, prevail and speak to people and draw them to you. Um, Lord, there's so much violence in the Middle East, and um, but I just, I just pray against just these dark for forces that are there that are um, holding people back from knowing you and um, just ask that you would protect our fellow believers there in that region of the world and encourage them and strengthen them and use them in great ways, Lord, in Jesus' name. Next, we want to take a look at the nation of Syria. Of course, Syria has been in the news a lot recently as well. I want to pray for those Christians who've had to flee their homes for the emergency relief and trauma counseling that Open Doors and other uh, NGOs are able to offer. And to give thanks that despite the challenge, the Syrian churches, uh, the Syrian church is reaching out to others. When Syrian troops have left cities like Homs, Muslim extremists take control and have raided multiple churches something that we can't hardly even imagine here. Next on the world watch list is uh, Sudan, which is 12th on the world watch list. Praise the Lord that the number of Muslim background believers in Sudan is rising. 
Let's pray for Christians in the disputed border regions where churches and schools have been attacked and give thanks that Open Doors and other organizations have been able to offer humanitarian assistance as well as discipleship and outreach training. Conversion is not recognized in Sudan. Believers from a Muslim background are treated as if they are Muslims. And then we also want to feature Nigeria now. Give thanks that believers are responding to recent pressure with increased prayer, evangelism, and care for the Muslim background believers. Pray that Christian youths will resist the temptation to respond with violence to Muslim attacks. And for Open Doors workers and other ministries that are working there to provide emergency support and trauma counseling to the victims of attacks. Last year, at least one church was attacked every month in Nigeria. And before we move on to uh, the prayer for this, we have a video I want to watch, and then we'll ask uh, Alan Laura Guineri to come up and pray for these things. I've never been protected from my church. Six, some of them went to church. My dad, my mom, and the children were four. We sing praises. We pray for the peace of the nation. Then we pray for those persecuted Christians. Also, nine now family. During the prayer section, when the attack happened, we started hearing gunshots and the My eyes was closed. I screaming. So, but by the time I opened my eyes, I saw everywhere like it's fire. I was thinking that maybe so many people would die in the church. Everybody was crying, shouting. I started feeling some pain. I was shivering. It was cold. I did not realize it was a bullet that spilled through. I saw people on the floor. Some are dead and some are crying. 
there's blood around them. Yeah, bodies. Some people are shouting Jesus. That was all it in my head. Some people shouted Jesus. My younger brother shot him on the chest. His name is Kicho. And he died at the age of 10. I think we are 18 people that they are shot and 12 are dead. I saw my father bleeding seriously, but from the time he's always kind, always tell us to read the Bible and be close to God. And that was the last time I saw It's not dead. Definitely one to the advancement. Lord, our hearts are um, really touched by um, seeing this film about the Nigerian Christians, Lord. It's just incomprehensible to us, Lord, even though we've heard it. Just visually having it reenacted for us is, it has quite an impact, God. Um, we know that, that we seem powerless because of the... Um, the violence of the Boko Haram, that this radical Muslim group that comes against Christians and burns churches and um, persecutes believers, Lord, we pray for their conversion. We pray, Lord, that you would bring the light of the gospel to them, that they would come to know you, Lord, the Prince of Peace, as they are men of violence, Lord God. We pray you'd move in their behalf. Um, and Lord, we, um, we know there's a lot of trauma and grief for these Nigerian Christians. Lord, we pray for those that would minister to them. And Lord, we know that they, um, even the younger ones, want to retaliate. But Lord, we trust you 
to uh, move in their hearts, Lord, so that there would be no retaliation. And, um, Lord, we, we know that the leadership is seem to be powerless to protect Christians, but we pray for wisdom, discernment for them, Lord, that they would... Um, Know what to do in the face of these attacks, Lord. Give the Christians, give the Christian leaders wisdom and discernment as they move about to know um, when to come and go, Lord, and that you would even grant protection and with these churches, Lord. Lord, we trust you that you have a, um, you will bring fruit even out of grief and violence and um, churches being burned, Lord. You will redeem the situation, Lord. And bring great fruit, great increase in the church, Lord God. So we pray for that in Jesus' name. Amen. I wanted to give you a little paragraph here of what's going so what's going on in Sudan. I'm just going to read it to you. The atmosphere of Sudan is becoming increasingly tense as President Hassan Omar al-Bashar has made it clear that the country is now a Muslim state in which Christians have no place. In response, Reverend Andu Adam El Nel, I don't know if I got it right there, a Sudanese bishop wrote a letter to President Obama calling on him to take action to save the, the lives of people living in the Nuba Mountains, Blue Nile, and Darfur regions. He called for tough actions and pleading for world leaders to pay more attention to the violent campaign against Christians raging inside the country. Yelnal wrote, Our people feel as though the world has forgotten them. We wonder why you, why you have not acted in end and our people's suffering or that the people of Darfur are still suffering and whose plight is getting worse. We continue to be bombed from the air daily. Bombs land on farms and schools, churches and mosques, clinics and markets. Innocent civilians, women and children are killed, carrying on their daily lives. Those who survive live in constant fear. So, Lord, we know that that I truly believe that if the church would enter a new realm of prayer for these people that are on the front lines and are facing persecution day in and day out and literally have nothing, but uh, they've had to flee, they've had to run, they've just had to... Uh, just under so much pressure. Lord, we don't understand. One thing, though, that I believe you want is to energize this church, not just to pray on this day, but to have a daily life of prayer for those that are persecuted, Lord, and especially as I read about Sudan and how they feel like we've forgotten them. Lord, help us, Lord Jesus, to remember and pray for them. A little excerpt, little excerpt from uh, publication on October 23rd, 
2013 out of Washington, D.C. The Syrian crisis is now two and a half years old, and the damage of the conflict seems only to be worsening, fueled by an increasing stream of jihadists, jihadists, with, with a stated goal of establishing an, an Islamic state. These groups have increasingly targeted the Christian community, forcing them to convert, flee, or be killed. The impact of extremist ideology is tearing apart the richly diverse social fabric of Syria, impacting all Syrians, but are particularly targeting the Christians. Here's a quote from someone in Syria. We have never been killed just for being Christian until the 21st century. So, Lord, as uh, I talked to uh, Terry Ligon last night, and he filled me in on a lot of things that are going on there. There's, he said there, the, there's, there was two cities. One of them was Homs. I, I don't remember the other one. But they were just, they've been flattened, and they're, they're no more because of this war, this civil war. And they have, so the Christians, Lord, we pray for them as they have fled to neighboring countries, uh, Lebanon and uh, Iraq. We pray, Father, for the leadership of churches and those who are pastors, Lord, to, to, to touch their people, to direct them, oh God, to pray and you would supply uh, humanitarian aid. I saw a picture of, uh, in, I think it was in Lebanon, that uh, just as far as you could see, there were tents uh, where, where people were staying. And they just were numbers and numbers of them. So, Lord, we, we just pray again. We pray for our people right now, Lord, that they would see how desperately uh, they need to have prayer for these people, Lord, and how they need to take it to heart, Lord. Uh, your word to them is that they need to enter into new dimension in prayer. Lord God, I know that even myself, I know that I don't pray for the church as I ought to. Lord, we know the church is all across the world. If we call ourselves international Christians, then we need to be international prayer warriors. Thank you, Lord. Uh, we'd like to just leave you with a quote, um, something that I read. Um, the church is one. I am the persecuted church. If an Egyptian church is attacked and burned, that's my church that was burned. If Sudanese Christians are forced to leave everything behind and flee for their lives, that's my family in flight. If a Pakistani pastor is martyred, that's my pastor who was killed for his faith. If Eritrean Christians are arrested during a prayer meeting, those are my brothers and sisters jailed for their faith. The church is one. I am the persecuted church. Thank you.
that's very consistent with the theme that Open Doors has had the last few years, be one with them. We are, aren't we? Before we uh, see our final video that's going to close, I want to mention that, you know, God uses persecution to grow his church. We've seen that uh, throughout the world. We've also seen it in the New Testament. Let me read a passage from Acts chapter 4. Uh, this was after uh, Peter and John were arrested, and uh, the Jewish leaders said to them, in order that it may spread no further among the people, let us warn them to speak no more to anyone in this name. So they called them and charged them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. It sounds kind of like what we've been hearing about this morning. But Peter and John answered them, whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you rather than to God, you must judge, for we cannot but speak of what we have seen and heard. And when they had further threatened them, they let them go, finding no way to punish them because of the people, for all were praising God for what had happened. When they were released, they went to their friends and reported what the chief priests and elders had said to them. And when they heard it, they lifted their voices together to God and said, Sovereign Lord, who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them, who through the mouth of our father David, your servant, said by the Holy Spirit, why did the Gentiles rage and why did the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his anointed. For truly in this city they were gathered together against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with the Gentiles and the peoples of Israel, to do whatever your hand and your plan had predestined to take place. And this is the part of the prayer I want us to pay attention to. And now, Lord... Look upon their threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness. Let's think about that for a minute. It's very appropriate for us to continue to pray for the protection of our brothers and sisters in Christ and for relief from the things that they are experiencing. But we also know that God uses these things to grow his church. And so this final video gives us a little sense of that in a place where the church is indeed growing and it's in China. Again, we have a lot of relationships in China, so let's see our final video here. Have you ever thought about what church looks like in another country? What it would be like to risk everything for simply following Jesus? These are the secret believers. It's 1949, and the People's Republic of China has just been established. China is ruled by a guy called Mao Zedong, an atheist and communist dictator, who seeks to destroy Christianity at all costs. It is estimated that there are one million Christians in China at this point in time. And for the next 30 years, they face severe persecution. Believers imprisoned, pastors abused, and Bibles were burnt in their thousands. By 1979, there was an estimated 10 million believers, and that number soon doubled to 20 million. How did this 
great revival take place under such severe persecution. At the time, reports from China said that there was one thing that stood out, and it was the amount of time that these believers would spend in prayer. But it wasn't that they were praying for their own suffering. They were praying for their country. They were praying that revival would come to China. This is where the revival started, with prayer. One of the things that really surprised Mao Zedong and his government was that this revival wasn't made up of old people. It was made up of youth and young adults. Young people who could not only see the problems with communism, but could also see the freedom that you could find in Jesus. There were so many believers in China, but nowhere near enough Bibles. Open Doors had a vision of delivering one million Bibles in one night. And through prayer and hard work and against all odds, Project Pearl achieved this. But there was still a thirst for Bibles. Over the last 30 years, Open Doors has delivered more than 40 million Bibles and pieces of Christian literature into China. Operations like Project Pearl have inspired Chinese Christians to begin printing their own Bibles in China. They now produce over 1 million Bibles a month. Today there are an estimated 80 million Christians in China and there is no longer a Bible drought. But this isn't the end. There are new trials to overcome, new goals to reach, and more people who need to hear about Jesus. Christians are still being persecuted. House churches are still being attacked and shut down, with members beaten and imprisoned. But what if this revival has only just begun? What if we prayed for revival in other countries? Or revival in our country? Pray. Pray for the persecuted. Pray for those people who share our faith, but not our freedom. Pray for the people who constantly live in fear for simply following Jesus. And pray that we might be inspired to make a difference in our country. No prison, no border, and no door is closed to us when we pray. You see, one of the greatest revivals in the history of the world was built on prayer. lights again, Steve.
Let this be our prayer. Amen. It's an interesting thing that they, that they didn't pray so much for protection as they pray that God would give believers boldness and that his church would spread. And so protection is a good thing to pray for, but that the word of God would spread is even more important for us to pray. It's kind of a sobering morning, but I wanted to end with that. I think that was a very hopeful video because what we see is that the church is spreading and that the persecution of the Christian church in China has not stopped the church from spreading. So we know that that's possible. We know that that's happening in other parts of the world as well. And the way we participate is that we are one with them, that we pray together. Amen? Let's stand as we close. Heavenly Father, thank you for sensitizing us anew to the reality of our brothers and sisters around the world who suffer for their faith, Lord. Your word says we rejoice with those who rejoice and we weep with those who weep. We weep with those Nigerian believers that we saw depicted in the video that lost loved ones because they were just worshiping together in a church and they were attacked. Father, we weep with those who are imprisoned, who for no other reason than proclaiming the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ have spent days, weeks, months, even years in prison away from their family suffering, Lord God. We weep with those who can't even proclaim belief at all in Christ without fear of government retribution or being caught or imprisoned or killed. Father, we also rejoice with our Chinese brothers and sisters who are seeing the church grow in spite of the persecution. We rejoice that the kingdom is advancing, Father, in many, if not most, of these places. So, Father, help us to not let this Sunday be just a once-a-year thing that quickly passes through our minds and oh gee isn't that too bad but father help this to be a motivator for us help this to be an encouragement to us to remember on a regular basis to commit to pray lord to our brothers and sisters in christ around the world and father in those prayers may we be like the early church that prayed lord now consider their threats but grant us boldness to proclaim the gospel of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We thank you, Father, for the ability to mark a Sunday like this with freedom. And we pray for those who can't experience that freedom even this morning, even today, Lord God. We remember them, Lord, in our prayers. In Jesus' name, amen. We're dismissed.